Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Franchise tag deadline fallout next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Dan Schneier, and we're going to recap the franchise tag deadline, which is 4 o'clock on Tuesday. And we know where Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkley are going to be playing next season. We don't quite know where Lamar Jackson is going to be playing next season. And we'll start there, Dan. Lamar Jackson signed, or the, the Ravens tagged Lamar Jackson with the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means that he is free to uh, negotiate with any team that has two first-round picks available to trade because if he signs, that team would have to give up their next two first-round picks. Where do you think Lamar Jackson's going to end up after all this? I think he ends up in Baltimore after all this. Now, the bigger question is, will he end up in Baltimore with a new deal? Will he play out the year in the franchise tag? I think there's actually a decent chance he could end up playing on the tag. It seems like they're still worlds apart negotiations. Yeah, I I would actually say there's a decent chance he doesn't play in 2023 if they tag him because he clearly wants that long-term extension. He clearly wants the kind of guaranteed money that we saw Deshaun Watson get last offseason. Whether he's going to get that in free agency, we've already gotten reports that teams like the Falcons, Commanders, Panthers aren't interested in him in free agency, which is kind of surprising given the need for those teams. But, you know, with the kind of money that he's looking for, he might not be happy to play on the tag. And this could be uh, a holdout situation where we get to training camp and Lamar Jackson just isn't there for Baltimore. So I've currently got him as QB4. I'm assuming he's going to return to Baltimore. I'm assuming they're going to add some help at the wide receiver position to make his life a little easier. We saw last season, he did kind of take a step back once uh, Rashad Bateman got hurt, but there's a lot of uncertainty with Lamar Jackson, at least from a 2023 standpoint. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how his market develops. The good news is we got some certainty on the three big names at running back heading into the off season with, as far as the free agents, Saquon Barkley is going back to the giants Josh Jacobs back to the Raiders and Tony Pollard back to the Cowboys. All of them tagged with that franchise tag. They can still sign a long-term extension. It sounds like Josh Jacobs is likely to do that at least and not, not, not as clear on Tony Pollard and Saquon Barkley. I've got Barkley at RB4. Is that too high or too low? I think that's a good number for Barkley right now. He's one of the only backs you can count on to get 74% of his team snaps or more. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to go down at all. So based on the volume alone, the work in the pass game, I think it's a good number. Uh, Josh Jacobs, RB5 for me. That's actually a little lower than he was last season when he finished his RB3. Love the workload. He was, I believe, had the highest percentage of his team's touches uh, at the RB position last season. So is RB5 too high or too low for Josh Jacobs? I think it's fair, Chris, but I think it'll actually ultimately be too high for where I rank him because – I am going to downgrade him if they don't figure out that quarterback situation. If it's Stidham again or they do something like that, I think there'll be less scoring opportunities for Jacob overall. 
Yeah, that, that was a big thing for him last season. You know, he was an efficient runner, which he has been for most of his career. But the biggest thing was the step forward he took in the passing game. However, you know, even if he does dominate touches, it's really hard to be an elite back on a bad team. We saw, you know, with Saquon Barkley last season, even where like early on, it looked like he might be in the conversation for the RB one for 2023. And then, you know, that offense was just kind of mediocre for most of the season. He never quite got the touchdowns that you'd like to see from an elite back. And, you know, once the the receptions especially didn't, you know, stay steady the whole season, he was more like a low-end RB1 for like the second half of the season. Now, Tony Pollard, one of the most explosive backs in football, but seems to still be returning to Dallas in a timeshare. This is one where there is a lot of moving parts still, because if Dallas gets rid of Ezekiel Elliott, RB8 is probably going to be too low. If Ezekiel Elliott comes back to Dallas, however, do you think that might be too high? I think it will be too high. I think ultimately, regardless of what happens with Zeke, it is going to be too high for me, at least. I think no matter what happens with Zeke, Dallas will invest in the running back position in the draft. They even made mention of not being afraid to use another first-round pick on a running back, even after the Zeke experiment, with B. John Robinson, potentially, who also went to the University of Texas. So it doesn't strike me as a backfield where Pollard is going to get more than what he's gotten so far in his career. He is still valuable in that role, but RB8 is a little rich for me, especially coming off an injury. All right, and then the other guy who got franchise tag that we care about at least, Ron Payne also got franchise tag. That's you know good for him. But for a fantasy perspective, we care about Evan Ingram, uh, tight end who will be returning to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He finished his RB5 last season, RB8 in points per game. Famously had a huge game. I think it was week 16, had like one of the biggest games by any tight end all season. Helped me make it to the championship in a couple of leagues. I've got him ranked as RB as tight end number 10. That's behind guys like Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth, Dalton Schultz. That feels like it could be a little low. What do you think? Yeah, I think it could be a little low. I really like what I saw from Ingram last year. The only concern would be Calvin Ridley reinstated now. Yes. What does that do to Ingram's target share? So that would be the only concern I have there. Yeah, suddenly looks pretty crowded there with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. I would assume Marvin Jones is going to move on this offseason. But still, uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, he seems like a 26, 25% target share. Really? Christian Christian Kirk probably still going to be north of 20 can Evan Ingram be in that 18% range? That's probably going to be a key for him because, you know, if this offense takes a step forward, that'll put put him in a good uh, put him in a good situation. But I just I worry that he's going to be more like a 15% target share guy, and and that might make it hard for him to be a truly must start tight end. But I agree with you; it does feel a little low. I may move him up now that we know he's returning to Jacksonville. That's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll be back tomorrow with more fantasy football offseason coverage. See you then.